Blog Talk Radio. podcast featuring Elvira Love and Phoenix LaFay, two out-of-the-room-closet professional witches with over 70 years' combined experience of making magic. This is a show on the LMC Radio Network. During each show, Elvira and Phoenix will help you create rituals, make spells, make potions, and much more besides. They'll spend time speaking about different goddesses from all over the world, paying attention to the ancient reverence of long-ago cultures and infusing it with a modern perspective. Elvira, Phoenix, take it away. And it's Friday. And it is Friday. I mean, you caught me with just one last little bite that I was chomping down. <laughs> um, you know how it is. You know, you try to get ready for things, and then you realize, oh shoot, I haven't eaten, I haven't done uh, uh, self care, self care. But right, uh, normally we go. Thank God it's Friday. Right now it's like, oh, it's Friday, huh? Yes. Yeah. By the way, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But um, yeah. So anyhow, and who? I mean, obviously our normal check in and what's going on in the world and everything. We'll do a however it has affected us. So, but it's certainly been a very unusual week with a lot of different things going on, not just in the political arena or the, you know, all the rest, but in our own lives and where we live and how we live. Yeah. I think it's um, accustoming ourselves to this. It's, uh, It's interesting. I... I'm a very social person. I'm a Sag. I'm really social. I love social. And it's really hard because um, I like to get out and chat with people and talk. And, of course, right now I'm in a senior park. So if people are walking or doing anything, they're staggering it or not doing right. it at all. And it's kind of like, you know, very weird. <laughs> you. How, how's your, your – from last week, from now to here, how has it been? Yeah, it's very weird here, too. Um, You know, I mentioned before that one of my kids works in a grocery store, so she's in the front lines of things, and she decided on Sunday um, to stay with her boyfriend for the duration. So her boyfriend also works in the grocery store, so they're kind of in the front lines together, and they even work in the same department in the the produce department. So um, as, you know, as sad as that decision made me it also brought some relief with it because now I can actually like lock down and have a timeline of like okay from this moment I know that we've not been 
in any mixed company. We've not been, you know, and anything coming in the house has been cleaned and sanitized and any place that we, and literally I've not even gone anywhere. I'm having, I had groceries delivered yesterday. Um, uh, you know, I went, I, I drove something, my mom started to feel sick. So I, I drove some vitamin C over to her house, but I literally picked up the vitamin C in my house, put it in a baggie, got in my car with a mask on, <laughs> got to her house, set it on the porch, got back in my car and came home. Like that's the sum total of travel I've done the whole week. Yeah. Uh, and, and, I'm, and I'm kind of trying to keep it that way because I'm just really afraid. I'm really afraid. And I'm trying to not to, I'm trying to cut out any extraneous, fear if I can just to keep myself feeling grounded and healthy and all that so you know like I I don't know if I mentioned this last week or not but my partner Leon and I are writing a book together so I'm working on the edits of my third book with Llewellyn and it's a lot of work and it's due in just a couple of days so I have this huge project to kind of soak up some of my attention and that's good Uh, and then I have the final review of my second book with Llewellyn that I have to have done within a week after this, that deadline. And then after that, I'm going to kind of focus on milk and honey's back end. And, you know, you're, I'm telling you all my plan now, seeing what I can do to work on the shop's website and, you know, implement, we, we bought a point of sale system right before all of this happened and we haven't even put it in yet because we had to do inventory and count things and make labels and all this crazy stuff. So that's kind of my next project because, you know, we're um, the shelter in place in the state of California, I'm guessing, is probably going to be till the end of May. Um, so I don't think my shop will be open for a couple months. And as sad as that is and as financially troublesome that is, um, you know, I'm concerned for the health and well-being of our community. So I'm, I'll, do what I, I'll do what I can and do all the abundance work I can for money to come in in other ways. But, um, you know, it's interesting times. It's scary times. And I'm just doing my best to stay calm. Mm -hmm. How about you? (laughs) Mm -hmm. And the scheme of things, um, you know, I, I still go into, um, a location and yet it is probably, probably the safest place right now in terms of doing any kind of quote work um, with regards to anything so it does have that and then um, it I kind of have limited what I do I go to my UPS store which is where I, I get my mail <clears throat> and I uh, one you know I go in I go out that's not a big thing they've actually instituted um, I've been watching them revamp themselves and institute taping on the floor for people to stand so they can do counter, you know, people go to the counter and all and, you know, the number of people they let in because it's, you know, there's a small store. So, you you know, you've got a certain thing. So I'm aware of that. And then I um, have gone um, to kind of do these things like today's my grocery day and um, economically I need to go in. I can't have things delivered. It's a little bit stressful on my, my uh, on that side to keep putting things on credit cards um but that being said uh you know it's trader joe's so i'll they're going to be very specific and very careful and you know that way so Mm -hmm. i'll do that and you know go get gas and you know i come and i go and i come and i go um and 
even just getting out in the car, I mean, I get in my car and I drive, it makes me feel a little bit more um, at ease than having mm-hmm. to sort of, you know, wander. I do have, you know, pets and I have dogs, so I have I walk them, which gets me, you know, out. Um, and, you know, my, my week has been, you know, either on the phone with clients or, you know, uh, shelter in place and, and um, looking at things now because obviously my move <laughs> has been pushed back to an unknown time, which frustrates me, but still means that I, you know, need to look at things. And actually I, I contacted a shredding company that I go to and they won't be open until I think they it technically technically they said the first week of April, which would you know technically be the the time we've been given. But as you say, chances are it might be longer. But I'm I'm kind of getting things ready in boxes to shred so I can get more of that. You know, it's just it's um, it's interesting for the way I have found it changes my perspective of what's going on and how things are, are moving. And mm-hmm. I, I have to re it's, it's slower and it's right. That's the part that I'm not accustomed to. And yet when I go to Arkansas, it is slower, but then right. I also don't have the kind of environment that I have. So I'm looking at this going, you know what this is? This is a preparation time for me to realize what life will be like when I move, not maybe the shelter in place you mandatorily need to be thinking about, but in reality how it's a different consciousness and a different pace and a different, you know, process. So I'm looking at it as all educational, (laughs) if you can consider that. But, um, and I think a lot of it is, I don't mean to get political, but I will, uh, listening to people, especially in high places, state things that is so inane. And I keep telling mm. my roommate that I feel like I'm living in a place where we've got a reincarnated individual from like Nero plus, yeah. you know, one of the, the turn of the century uh, industrial barons. You know, where who gives a shit about the public? You know, it's the the people as long as they, you know, produce what I need to keep me well. That kind of, and I'm just saying, you know, it's just strange that there's so it's so blatant. It's in you know, if anyone knows history or, or chooses to remember history, um, yeah. what kind of personality? And I don't know. I mean, all kinds of things come up on on uh, Facebook, and I think I'm I'm at the point where I go on, I look at the posts from my friends and family, I check some of the stuff, and then I get off. Because yeah. It really, even even going on, on, you know, television, I allow only a certain amount to come in because here's the thing. One of the things, and this is magic, this is part of magic, is there is a certain amount of energy vibration that you need to be at. For instance, when mm-hmm. we do our readings or when we do magical workings or we set candles or we do whatever it is, we need to be at a certain level to be able to do that or at least right. step out of, hmm? right. what we, yeah, to step out of our fear to be able to 
get to that, and that's what I keep going to. And it's interesting because after, and I don't know if I mentioned this last week, after the work, the um, class that I did with you and the other ladies, um, I have been using a particular technique and energy movement that I learned back decades ago mm-hmm. from the kahuna. And it it's amazing how that is progressing for me and my energy and what yeah. I'm doing with this. It's not, it's just, I'm, I've forgotten. Because when, you know, you go and you do this massive intensive, because I was there, it was like a two-week, you live, breathe, and eat this. And what it shifts you on, uh, I I totally lost track of that, and I think that's mm-hmm. what this has brought me back to because I've had to be here and do something. Um, and I've noticed in the newspaper some that, that what's getting reported, especially locally in our area, are some of the creative ways people are working with this. For instance, and I'm doing this because for this particular situation. This is what we need to do. Is a kid had a his ten year birthday. It was, he was going to be ten years old, and he knew intellectually all of what was going on and how this was. And of course, you know, he's a kid, and it's a big for him. It's like I'm now in double digits, you know. Right. And um, what happened was is that his grandmother and grandfather basically put together a parade. Now, what they did. They got in cars, and they went and started driving and, and basically waved and, you know, did the flag, you know, things out of the window and, you know, meeting, you know, wish, that whole thing down the thing. So he got a parade of these cars coming by wishing him a happy birthday and, you know, as much of a, a party as you could have, social distancing, et cetera. And I thought that was brilliant to be able to do that and be able to do it. Another one in Petaluma I just saw today is that they're basically doing, um, I don't know if they call them concerts, but some people are, are sitting on their porch and doing music or they do radio and, and, and people are getting out and they're dancing. They're totally socially distanced, completely, yeah. but they're doing this to engage, get exercise, get fresh air, but also to engage. And I was sitting like going, wow, you know, in terms of engaging in something without being um, processing the pro- going too much into closure because that when we get closed is when we wind up creating um, that aspect of stress and strain and everything. And it doesn't mean that we don't have it. It's just how do we get out of it? That's my, right. my scenario for the week and yeah. things that we can <laughs> look at is I don't want to say less dire because they are dire, but, you know, without being so traumatized, we go into that, you know, deer in the headlights consciousness. Right. Yeah, it's not good to just be bombarded with the, the hardships, you also have to make some space for good and the positive things that are happening. And, and even as trouble and, and troublesome or hard as this might feel, the good things that are happening in your own life, you know, what are some, some things you can have gratitude for right now and making some space for that. Otherwise it's just, 
it's it can be bombarding of negativity and that's good for no one truly yeah, yeah. so our um our show today is ask a witch which is kind yay. of a witch's, yay it's always fun so yeah. um there are some interesting uh questions and i i think that uh I will let you lead off with the first one, but I, I really was impressed with the, the questions that we did get and how some of them are, are really probing. So go yeah, for it. Yeah, there's a, and, and not all the questions will get answered. You know, we do this segment every couple months, our, our highly popular Ask the Witch segment, um, and these uh, shows are when we read your questions, the specific things you've written into us that you want us to either answer or give our opinion on or share our personal experiences about. Uh, occasionally we get folks who want to have us do a reading, and that can be difficult because um, often we don't get enough information, but we try. Uh, and we rarely get to all the questions that are sent in. So just know that if we didn't get to your question, it's not because it wasn't a good one. It just didn't happen this time, and you're welcome to try again. So if you have a question or if your question didn't get answered, feel free to go to our website, which is witchpriestesscauldron.com, um, and fill out the little questionnaire there for our Ask the Witch segment, and we'll see what we can do. Um, but, yeah, we have some really interesting questions this time. So the first question comes from Megan. And Megan says, I'm an eclectic pagan who's been practicing for about five years. I recently performed a spell during my full moon ritual that I have a question about. I have an orchid in my house, which I took a petal off of for the spell. I have done this with lots of my plants and flowers. Uh, It's been in my home for probably seven months. A couple of days after the full moon, it began to wilt so fast. I was just curious if y'all think this means anything. Would love to hear different opinions. Thanks. Hmm. Do you want me to start or do you want to start? Well, why don't you start? I have I have okay. some thoughts on it, but I would like to kind of leave you with the beginning here. Sure, yeah. My my thoughts typically always first go to mundane things. That's like my my skeptical um self is always like, okay, well what what could be a mundane reason for this? And I know on one hand orchids are kind of finicky plants. Um you know, they need very specific types of care so you may have just um caused trauma to the orchid you know unintentionally i'm sure and if you do this type of work a lot then i'm i'm assuming you have a relationship with these plants and flowers that are in your living space so i'm assuming and hoping you're asking the plant for permission to work with you in the spell Um, If not, then that's something to start doing, you know, ask the plant, like, can I, are you willing to sacrifice a piece of yourself for this working and see if you get an energetic yes or no. Um, And, you know, if you didn't do that, that's fine. No, no problem. You know, just be more cautious of that going forward. But it might also be that the orchid was like, yeah, I don't actually want to participate in this working. Um, So I'm, I'm retrieving that life force. I'm taking that back. Uh, That's my first impression. What would you say? Well, it was interesting because it was. I just did a love spell for a client, and I actually have an orchid plant, which is actually doing pretty good. It hasn't 
quite gotten to that, you know, like let's bloom again, but it hasn't died. Uh, yeah. And when it lost the flowers, it dropped them onto the, because it's on my, my love altar, um, dropped it down. So I retrieved them and kept them. And so I used one of these now dried orchid flowers for it, but it was, and it's, it is for love. So I was curious that the spell that she's using it for, I, I would look at the plant and say, I believe it was probably a love spell, but um, what it feels like is that it could be that it wasn't asked and it just decided you know, not going to work with you and I'm going to shrivel up and pull my energy back. But there's also the other part that I tend to go with on my side is that when she took that, it connected the energy of the plant. And if she asked, which we'll just pretend like she did, that Mm -hmm. it gave it full life force for that, not just the petal and whatever the love spell was for, whatever the spell was for, if it was a big love issue, it might have needed all that energy and done that. And that was the feel I kind of had for it because, as I say, she did it on a full moon and orchids are for love. And I would probably say she didn't say it was for a love spell, but I kind of, my gut's telling me that it was. And for that purpose, whatever it was, it needed all that energy. And if it's something where you're dealing with you know, a breakup or a misunderstanding or some problems, it might have needed all that juice to have utilized it and it, it chose to do that or it, you know, was a co- co-creative process. So that's my thought. I love that. That's really great. Yeah. So, you know, either way, I don't think it's, um, I don't think it's a bad sign. Like, I don't think no. that means yeah. your spell is doomed, but um, right. I think it's likely that, you know, either you pissed off the plant or your spell needed more energy, so it took it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and neither one of those, as you say, really, in my opinion, is about the spell. It's Right. In terms of it was, it made the spell bad or it was the wrong spell, whatever it was, you know, I think that's yeah. that. So, but yeah. Well, and it's, as I say, it was really strange that the first question was about an orchid, and I'm like, now that is weird. But <laughs> so, our second question is from Jazz, and she says, "I want to read minds and see the dead. I have recently lost some some family members, so that's why I want to see the dead in the living world. I want to read minds because it's always been a desire I've always wanted. Can you help me, please?" Um, well, first of all, uh, seeing the dead, not, you know, I don't think that that's, uh, that takes some opening to your ancestors. And I think there's magical, uh, workings and, and spells. I, I'm going to say what I have to say, and then I'm going to turn it over to you for maybe some more in depth, but I feel that reading people's minds, you know, when we do readings, um, I feel we get slight permission, even when we're trying to find out what did he feel about me? Does he still think about me or she or, you know, whatever's going on. But delving into people's minds, there's a protection level. People um, have shielding, even if they don't know it. I think they've, they've, you know, got that. And you really need to tread lightly on that. I tend to go, 
I'd rather go an inch in. I and I've said this. I'm not going into the deep, deep, dark, dark areas because that to me is too invasive. And I I honor space that you know people have. So reading people's minds is not a bad thing. I just think you need to be a little bit more aware of how far you're going to go with it. And there are you know techniques and there are spells to be worked with. But mm-hmm. to me, there's an ethics, but that's my piece on it. Yeah, I mean, really, we have two questions here, right? Like, how do you read minds and how do you see the dead? And I think that, um, I think these are gifts and skills that not everyone will develop. I think they're, you know, advanced skills. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's possible, but it takes training and it takes work. So you might want to find someone that already has this practice that takes on students that can help you start learning, Um, especially, you know, working with the dead, that's the first step of ancestor work, right? But you also have to keep in mind that just because you knew someone in life doesn't mean that they're necessarily available to you in death. We don't really know what happens when we die. And uh, that beloved may have a whole host of work that they have to do. (laughs) They might be busy. They might have other things to do. So seeing the dead is actually it's a lot like reading minds. It's opening a floodgate um, that you need to really understand how to control. It's asking, in in the generic terms that this question is phrased, and I know that the you know there's a there's a more streamlined nugget of desire here than this general question. So I get that, but the general question is really about opening a floodgate that you might not necessarily want. Um, seeing the dead could be terrifying and overwhelming. Uh, it's, it sounds like a cool gift, but it's not something that everybody wants. And the same is true of reading minds. It is not something you might necessarily want. It sounds cool. Sometimes in the movies it's cool. In reality, it's, it's a little bit more intense than that. And there are other ways of working with psychic skills or psychic abilities or whatever rather than going to the reading minds. And I would say start with your intuition, uh, what, is, what, are your, what is your relationship with your intuition and your gut instincts and your, uh, what are your first impressions about people? How good are you at reading people in general? That is a version of reading minds. You know, um, I, I have a pretty good um, judge of people. I can tell pretty quick. And I'm usually right. I'm not 100% right. I fully admit that. But most of the time, my first impression of someone is spot on and I trust it and I trust my intuition around about around people Um, Mm -hmm. and that's the first step is strengthening that intuitive muscle so that you can get clean impressions about people and and get clean impressions on is this person honest is this person's words meet you know are are they being truthful in what they say to me Um, is this someone I can trust is this someone who is saying and speaking from a a place of honesty, like those are things you can glean with your intuition. It doesn't have to be anything deeper than read, you know, it doesn't have to be psychic abilities or reading minds, you know, and then some might argue your intuition is part of your psychic ability. And, you know, that's a whole other conversation we could have some other day, Um, Mm -hmm. but start flexing those muscles um, and then, you know, reach out to your ancestors, create an altar, 
um, for the beloved dead that you've lost and make space to listen to them and pray with them and commune with them and give them offerings to, to start opening that up a little bit, just, you know, be cautious. And, and I would recommend finding a teacher. Right. That's not two cents. Yeah. Well, that sounds, that sounds good. That sounds really good. I like that. And, you know, it's, I think can, the ask, can you help me, is the guidance that is coming from both of us, um, is to, to uh, find someone, you know, find the person or, or, you know, like we have different locations that have um, leaders and talented people that we have belonged to or do belong to, there's a lot of different talents in this in these areas. Like you know, so I would start looking and finding out where you can find a teacher. Now, in this time frame, a lot of times it will become, I believe, online, and mm-hmm. you know, maybe over the phone, that kind of a thing. So it, I know a lot of us love in person. Um, classes and, and things, but uh, at the very least, this particular time frame, it's going to be a little bit more distanced in that way, but still, I mean, require uh, a location that you're in to get connected, so, right. yeah, find it, I think the, the wise thing that you said, find a teacher, find someone who can yeah. and, you know, <laughs> one thing at a time, start with one area. And uh, and then work into it. I know you said both of them are two different subjects, so but there. Okay, so we have another question. Yeah, well, let's see here. Sorry, I got distracted by looking at the weather real quick because all of a sudden it got real Hi. windy, and I was like, "No, I hate the wind," so I had to check that. <laughs> okay. Okay, so the next question comes from Siobhan. Are you impressed that I know how to pronounce Siobhan? I really think that's cool. Thank you. I went to elementary school with a girl named Siobhan, and, you know, it's a Gaelic name, so it's not spelled as you might expect it to be spelled. Anyway. uh, Impressed. So so (laughs) Siobhan says, I have have has mm, an interest in paganism since a very young age, but I've only recently gotten to a place in my life where I feel free to delve into it. So I haven't quite found my path yet. I've always been drawn to the Celtic side of things. With a name like Siobhan, that doesn't surprise me. Uh, A few few years ago, I met a tarot reader who wanted to give me a reading because of this blue aura I had in my soul and was told it was very old. The reading was free and felt it seemed pretty legit. The reading also turned out to be very accurate. During the reading, he told me Isis was looking after me, and not too long after that, I forgot a coworker who is a devotee of Isis, so this leads me to my question. I don't really feel drawn to the Egyptian pantheon. However, if this is true, and Isis is supposed to be special to me, then I would like to start honoring her. I guess I'm wondering how seriously I should take the reader. Perhaps he's just an Isis fan, and he chose to use her name in a way of saying the goddess. Maybe I should interpret who that goddess is for myself. I love this question so much. Okay. <laughs> um, See? Yeah. And there, a crow or raven just landed in my yard, like right outside my window. And awesome. And like, yeah, I'm, I'm choosing to take that as a, a good omen, that uh, okay. thing, you know, and not a scary omen. Anyway. Um, yeah. So here's what I would say about this. There's a couple things. First, 
keep in mind that Isis, Aset, as she was known in Egypt, Isis's worship was vast. In the ancient world, Isis was worshipped from Egypt all the way into the Middle East, all the way into London, way far north and way far south. So you very well could have Isis energy. You may have a past life being an Isis priestess. You may have a past life where you lived near an Isis temple. You, there could be all kinds of Isis-y stuff in your energy field uh, because Isis was, Isis was in the ancient world like what Jesus is now, like Isis was everywhere. So I get real excited when people are like, I don't know, I'm not into Egypt, but, you know, Isis is more than Egypt. So that's, that's point number one I would make. Point number two, um, the Egyptians are often, and this is my opinion, this is not based on any historical fact or any blog post or research you could read. This is just what I've noticed in my years of practicing witchcraft. The Egyptians are often the gateway drug to witchcraft and paganism. There, I, could, I can't even tell you how many witches I've met or spoken with where their first interaction with paganism was through Egypt in some way, shape, or form, whether that's Isis or Anubis or one of the other Egyptian pantheon gods, like whatever. But Egypt is often a gateway to bring people into this way of practice. So that's another thing. The other thing I would say is, to your last statement there, perhaps he's just an Isis fan and that's the way the goddess is showing up to him. Yes, absolutely. He may work with Isis. And so when Isis shows up, he sees, oh, the goddess is here for you, but the goddess is showing up to him as Isis. And the goddess may show up to you as the Morgan or Bridget or a, another goddess from the Celtic pantheon that, you know, the, um, uh, Maeve or Bronwyn or someone else, you know, that, that may not even have anything in common with Isis. So I think that this is an exciting road for you to explore. Um, you know, maybe it's a certain region of the world where Isis once was worshipped, or maybe it's another goddess showing him Isis's face as a way to open the door to you. So this is fun. Yay, have so much fun exploring and figuring that out and seeing what comes up. You don't have to work with Egypt just because someone told you they saw it on you, for sure. Right. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> this is like my favorite I'm just thing kidding. to talk about. Sorry. <laughs> oh, well, obviously. And that's and it's funny because I didn't plan on doing the chart and then every other, and this one would be yours, but when I'm looking at this going, yeah, well, that's where the the crow. The magic is afoot. We we did the 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 appropriate sort of um, movement. I mean, my when you say Egyptian pantheon is the is the gateway, I perfectly understand that because for me that was it. I mean, at gosh, what was it? Probably ten or eleven. I started creating in my room this entire Egyptian look, you know, and my mom who was this, you know, who was a good sewer did these beautiful like drapes that she, we put on the, uh, hooked to the ceiling and, and made this really kind of like um, gauzy bed kind of look and steps up to it. And I had, you know, some Egyptian uh, statues that they found at some yard place that I put there and, you know, it, it, 
was the beginning of an energy pattern. And I think it's also because that is the most, we see it the most. It is the one that when you look at Isis as the mother goddess, which, you know, has, there are many of them, but her movement and how Rome took this process and then went in, you know, I mean, it was just like you kind of get the feel that there is this energy that Isis was so widespread and so strong because of where people could connect that energy pattern to just, you know, because of it. So, um, and then, of course, my daughter proceeded to take on the next step, and she, too, wound up with all of these different Egyptian things. And I was by then I was already in the Celtic and, you know, all these other things, and I'm, like, looking at her going, yeah, that's a pattern. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> but it's true. I think that that is a, a strong energy because well also because I think it has also brought been brought in in books and films and all kinds of different ways because it's exo- it is so exotic it is so ancient and probably because you know you can find all the pictures and things the hieroglyphs and stuff that have been on uh, temples and things they found I think that is um, the allure, and it just inherently flows. But you know, she does. She, definitely, you need to to explore this for your own sake. It doesn't yeah. mean that somebody just you know says. It. There are a lot of times that if I say something to a particular client, it's more like the so and so is kind of saying hi. Just you know, want to check in, give you this information doesn't necessarily mean you have to work with the person, the energy pattern or the deity, but it's a beginning step with something. So, yeah. Yeah. The one thing I would add is, you know, there are gods that I work with regularly, both like, you know, I call them my A team or my personal pantheon. And then there are other gods that I work with that are sort of my, my B team that are, um, you know, gods that I work with often, but I'm not dedicated to them. And when I do readings or when I work with people, different gods show up and they're like, Hey, I'm, I'm into this person or, Hey, tell this person I'm, I'm available or, Hey, tell this person I'm watching or, Hey, you know, whatever. And I'll offer that to the client. Like, Oh, by the way, so-and-so is interested in you, but that never means you have to say, yes. you, you have free will. You are allowed to say no, thank you. uh, And, and go about your way. And you might not be interested in Egypt, but you might be interested in ISIS. Right. So there's that other layer of it, too. So, yeah, have fun exploring. That's a it's a fun new thing to look into. No kidding. No kidding. Well, why don't we take a break right now and then come back with with some more questions? Sounds good. We'll be back in a minute. Okay. Are you there? I am. I didn't hear weird. any of that. That yeah, was weird. So th- that was weird. Yeah, our commercial just played in silence, and I couldn't figure out how to get it to stop being silent. So there we go. 
All right. Uh, normally well, you get to hear some genie music, and uh, you didn't. Sorry. <laughs> Hopefully you're this still is the listening. technological point of reference. It's like, uh, yeah. yeah, okay. Yeah, I'm having <laughs> weird computer stuff. So, of course, like, right when I need to rely on my computer more in life, my computer decides to have problems. So, anyway, we're back. Hopefully you're still there, too. Blah, blah, blah. Let's move on. <laughs> it's okay. We're still, we're still rolling. Okay. Camera yeah. roll. Okay, yeah. so our next question is from Kristen. Any suggestions for recapturing the spark of magic? I've been a witch for about 20 years, and while my spirituality has been deepening over the last few years, I have been doing, I have not been doing much magic, actual magic. I feel stuck in a rut. Any suggestions? Wow, that's good. Funny that yeah. you would say that question would come because there was something that I mentioned at the beginning of the show, is there is a... a reconnect with something from when I first started. And I would say that um, when you feel stuck, there are a couple of ways to get out of it magically or in in any of the ideas that I have is um, there is something at the beginning of where you started that is calling Mm -hmm. you and to go to, to open to that, to go back in your notes, mind, uh, workshops, things that you did, uh, exercises that you did, and because when you started, you were fresh, you were excited, it was enthusiastic, it was all new. And yes, there is a rut that you get into, and not having done magic for a while, um, quite frankly, I can relate to that. There, I go in cycles. Um, I'll take magical clients on or I won't. I'll do magical work for my family and friends and then I won't because I've, I, I think what happens is, is I feel that I need to be, I need fallow ground. Like you let things go fallow. They do that with um, fields. They will work a field, mm-hmm. they'll plant whatever the crop is, and then they will let it stay fallow, meaning it is not worked for a while. And then they come back. And I think magic is the same way. I think being yeah. able to do that and keep doing it, keep doing it and going faster and higher and blah, 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 you know, that's, again, I, I, it's kind of like what's happened to our the country and the world. If everything wants to go faster and bigger and this and suddenly we've just gone to, like, zip. And because fallowness allows not only rest, but just like she, you have said, Kristen, deepening your your actual spirituality is the other part. We come back with this deeper point, but we use the tool or something from when we started and we were enthusiastic to move because then it come, it's like that, that wave coming back around. That's what I have to say with it. What do you have to say? Yeah, I think that's brilliant to go back to the beginning and see like what's there and what you may have set down and and get back to it. And the other thing I find interesting here is, you know, there's been spiritual development, but not magic. And I think that those things aren't necessarily different things. Um, You know, spiritual development is uh, important in magic and it's connected to magic. And in some traditions, that's all the magic that there is. There isn't spell work and um, you know, other ritual and things like that. It is all 
spiritual work and self-reflection and self-development and things like that. So you might also want to expand your definition of magic. Um, but I think what you said, Laura, is just so smart to go back to, to the origins of things. And, you know, honestly, right now, right now in this moment, we need magic. Like our, we need magic. We need healing magic. We need health magic. We need compassion magic for those people in power who don't seem to care about other life. Uh, you know, and that's, you know, uh, in the, so I'm going to have a little sidetrack here. You know, I, I do a lot of stuff with the reclaiming tradition of witchcraft. And in the last week that I've been on shelter in place, I've been thinking a lot about some of the big intense spells that I've been involved with, where we've been trying to tear down the systems, <laughs> where we've been trying to to tear apart patriarchy and tear apart the systems of oppression. And I, this week, Congratulations. I've been like, I think you've done it. <laughs> yeah. And, and I'm thinking, you know, part of me is like, wow, okay, well, this is not what I expected that to look like. But then again, what did I expect it to look like? And, you know, and that goes to say, like, be careful what you wish for, pay attention to the consequences of the magic that you're doing. Like there's so much more for me to dig into on the, the feelings I'm having around this. But, um, mm-hmm. but now that, you know, let's just say that, that that spell work is impacting and we are tearing down the systems of oppression. Now we need some triage magic. We need some uh, magic in the moment. We need some, some emergency magic to strengthen our immune systems, to strengthen our resolve, to bring compassion to those people who don't seem to be compassionate. That's where we need it to go right now. We have an opportunity to really change the trajectory of the world, and we need that to happen as easily as possible, with as little collateral damage as possible, with, you know, with, with as little... Um, innocent death as possible and and that's you know that's a if there was ever a time to dust off your magic now is the time you know so you utilize this opportunity to to do some magic for the good of of humanity for people for health for healing um, to keep those on the front lines safe you know whatever you can muster and I'm going to plug Tempest again. I think I did this last week, but Tempest Zakroff wrote a book called Sigil Witchery sigil magic i can't remember um it's a great book but she also writes a blog post where she's been sharing these other sigils that she's created and one is an immunity boosting sigil um a one one is to help your needs be covered there's a few different sigils that are really good for uh for use right now so i would really recommend going and finding tempest tempest zach ross Find her blog, look at the sigils that she's made, put them on your candles, put them on your front doors, uh, use them now to help boost our, our community's collective energy to get through these times. So we'll sidebar, but yeah, we need your magic. Yeah, 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 definitely, definitely. So we have one here. This, I think we can, this is reasonably I don't want to say easy, but it, it, Nadia says, hello, my question is that I have a spirit attachment. How can I solve this problem? Well, one, um, among other things, it would be uh, using some candle work, uh, uncrossing and cutting clear. Uncrossing is usually a purple candle and cutting clear is a yellow, but depending on what candles you can get at, white is just fine and not necessarily a vigil. You can do you know, tea lights, you can do little four-inches or votive candles. Um, I would start with 
creating um, a magical working where you can do this if you need help to go ahead and connect with a root worker or a spellcaster, someone who can help you with that so you can get that, you know, energy resolved. But there's also the question of where did it come from? Is it um, an energy, uh, a spirit attachment? Uh, could be a family member, something that is, you know, from ancestral work. So getting a diagnostic before you automatically start doing it, maybe there is a, a trying to connect. If it isn't and it's more frightening or more negative, then the rem- removal work would need to be taken place. I'm being real quick and, and, you know, on that. Do you have anything that you can expand and want to expand on that? Um, I, you know, I think those are really good options. I think that it's difficult right now because you need to stay away from other humans for your health and safety and their health and safety, but you may also need to reach out and get help. So if, you know, if you're, if you're doing cleansing baths, if you're um, doing uncrossing candles and cut and clear candles and you're not feeling like it's getting through this, then you may need to go to a professional to help you clear it. And a lot of that work can be done remotely. They don't necessarily need a hands-on cleansing, but at some point you might want or desire or need a hands-on cleansing, but that, you know, that's not going to happen in the short term. So do all the other things you can do. Um, You know, take your own cleansing baths, um, salt and hot water do a lot for your spirit, burn some candles, um, hire a root worker to burn candles on your behalf or do a remote cleansing uh, and that should do a, that that could take care of a lot right there mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah so and because we don't know specifically what kind of spirit it may be something that you have done work and created a i mean obviously sometimes people get upset and they want to use a kind of an intranquil spirit to get something that they're looking for and it kind of hangs out with you because you called it and so you kind of have to look at maybe what you personally have done as well to mm-hmm. to determine it so there's a there's sort of as i said a diagnostic that you need to to work with at the beginning to figure where it is, whether you work with someone else or you go through your own diagnosis and go, oh, it was da 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 da. I was so pissed. Right. You know, that right. kind of thing. Yeah. So, but, so we have time, I think, for one more. What do you think? Yeah. Sure, yeah. So this one comes from Jessica and says, I really don't know if this is an answerable question, but I truly love someone. I've had feelings for four years and we barely talk. I get a feeling that he looks at me a lot, but I don't know if my brain is just messing with me. Does he feel the same? I really care about him. So, you know, this may be something that they wanted us to pull tarot cards on. I don't know if that is the case or not. But I would say not a lot of magic is needed here. I think you just need to get brave and go talk to this person and have a longer conversation. And that might sound terrible. Like this is, uh, this is a much more mundane, real world, just take some action situation than anything else. That's my, that's my react. My gut reaction is just go and have a conversation, reach out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, it's kind of funny because, I when I peruse this, I just grabbed a deck. I guess I'm beginning to sound like uh, another 
person that we know where they have decks all over the place. Um, <laughs> which is kind of interesting if I didn't, you know, but now I'm home, I guess that's a biggie. Um, it's, I got, you know, the Ace of Wands, the Star, and the Nine of Swords. So I kind of suspect there's a, you know, the wish here, which, you know, ultimately the star is wish, is what you wish on. Um, the love that you feel for him. Uh, I think at this point, the the sense here, the Two of Pentacles is, is connect. Just like, mm-hmm. you know, Phoenix has said, take a real world step. Um, you know, wanting to know if he has the same feelings because of, you know, that I would probably tell you that he may be a little more guarded and a little, because he's got the nine of wands, so he may be a little more guarded. So, you know, come up and don't just go, hey, I really love you. Do you love me? I think that would be <laughs> a little too forward. Yeah. Um, but, you know, start a conversation with him and start interacting. If it's somebody that you, you know, I mean, uh, that you say, you know, you barely talk. You've got, this is the first thing. I'm sorry. People have to talk. If you're close enough yeah. in, in vicinity to them, that's one, you know, they, you got to interact. If it's now we're not because of different things, um, then it would be social media. And it would be interacting in a specific way in that manner where you, you know, become friends on, on Facebook or, you know, Instagram or Twitter or whatever. And, and sort of start up a, a, a general conversation and then work yeah. your way in. So, yeah, that's yeah, how absolutely. I would do it. But, yeah. And, um, you know, the thing, the phrase here, like we barely talk, like, okay, so, you know, is this, is this someone who works at your grocery store that you see every time you go into the grocery store? Is this a coworker? Is this a, another person in a class that you take? Is this, you know, a, a friend of a friend, right? Like all of these uh-huh. things will, like if, if you barely talk means the only thing you've ever said to them is where's the bathroom, that is a whole extra layer that you have to get through. <laughs> if this is someone that you, you have a, 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 a sort of relationship with they're an acquaintance then it's a lot easier but yeah, yeah I think it's it's about it's about connecting and figuring it out you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because yeah. at this point to give you you know probably I would if I were going to say anything I would light a candle and do it for um you know, harmonious communication between the two of you to start something going. That way you start movement. You feel, well, okay, I I put a little magic into it, along with the real world point of reference. That can also be a way to move forward on it. I just, I understand um, wanting to know, and then from there, if if he does, then I'll go, you know, but nothing is guaranteed in terms of even the the readings people can give. It's it's sometimes you have to be brave and get out there and and uh, do the first step to connect rather right. than assume that somebody said, well, yes, you two are past lovers and this is the lifetime that you have to to really get together. You still have to begin the the, the whole process by connecting with them. And as Phoenix has said barely talking means is what is the barely talking? Is it just somebody you've seen in a store that you work with or that is working there or, you know, some social group or something? So step forward. That's right. 
So, well, I don't know. I think we're getting close to our time. I have kind of lost we track. Are. I guess it's because, you know, unfortunately, with <laughs> with everything happening, um, it, sometimes you don't think about time anymore in the same way. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's true. It's so, true, but yeah, we are at our time. But so yeah. that is, again, if we didn't get to your question, don't be sad. Just send it in another time. Or if there's a question here that, um, or you have a question that you'd love to hear us talk about, go to our website at witchpriestesscauldron.com and and put your question in our little form there. Um, mm-hmm. We'll be back to our um, tarot series next week where we're exploring the major arcana. So don't miss that. And in the meantime, mm-hmm. stay healthy. Definitely, definitely. And we're, our next show next week will be on. We'll be back doing the major arcana of the tarot, and I believe it's the emperor. Yes. Lots of fun. So. All right. All right. Be safe, and uh, we will see you on the radio next week. See you later. Bye. Thank you for listening to The Witch, The Priestess, and The Cauldron, a radio podcast on the LMC Radio Network. Our podcast airs live every Friday at 6 p.m. Pacific and will be available for download. Questions or comments on this show or ideas for upcoming shows can be sent to our website, and that's at www.witchpriestesscauldron.com. Again, that's witchpriestesscauldron.com. On behalf of Elvira, Phoenix, Alan, and myself, Gwion Raven, a big merry meet and merry part and merry meet again. Blessed be.